Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, how you doing, bud? Not great, yeah. ma'am. No. Yeah. I've got a throat issue. <laughs> I told her. I said, we don't need to record. You're sick. And she just said, I'm a professional, Justin. I'm this not, shows everything to me. If you're worried about Justin, I'm not contagious. I'm investigating the possibility that I have a genetic condition, but this is still under investigation. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've got our I'm, top people on it. I'm also, I'm also, and many people in the medical profession will tell you this, whenever you find yourself ill, you go to one of two extremes. Either you assume like, oh, this is absolutely nothing, and you ignore it and just keep working through it. Or if it really is bothering you or it recurs or something, then you decide... I must have something extremely rare. Right. right. <laughs> and I must do lots of research to figure out this rare, possibly fatal condition that I have and must be very alarmed about all the time. I don't really think that I have anything fatal or rare, but well, anyway, I have a, a very, very sore throat. Um, I've numbed it up right now with various, various tinctures and potions. <laughs> Not really, just actual medicine uh, to get through this episode. But, but I apologize are, if I sound like this. This is we I'm are doing going, my best. We are going to get through this episode, and maybe a little shorter than our usual episode, just so I can get my uh, incredible wife back to her sick bed. By which I mean she's probably going to go to Harmony House and help people more. But I'm not contagious. I just want to keep underlining that I'm yeah. not. I know that I'm not contagious. Um, so uh, we're going to do something. Fun that we have not done in quite some time. It's a new year, new year, 2023. Or yes. 2020 20 Sun and Sea, as we've just named it on My Brother, My Brother, Me. I really like 20 Sunny D. 20 Sunny D was very good. You were right. Uh, but, you know, the branding, the logos, the infringement, the legal battles. I just don't have the stomach for it at my age. I was hoping to get, like, a Sunny D, you know— Sponsorship. We have extended the offer to the company that if they give us $25,000 <laughs> to charity, if they give $25,000 to charity, they can buy the the rights to the year. I just want Sunny D, you know, Sunny D mimosas every morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to do something different. So what are we doing this week? Well, I believe we did this last year, maybe the year before. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. We've done this before. But I thought it might be fun to wrap up. I know it's technically already the new year, but we're wrapping up the old year with a uh, super, super sawbones quiz about 
our, our show yes. <laughs> for 2022. This is a, t- a test of how well I specifically have been paying attention to the show, which is always thrilling uh, mm-hmm. over here. And also for you at home to play along at home. We loved when people would uh, put their scores on social media and talk about how they did. Um, I will I will keep track of my own score here just to be a good sport. And because I don't have anything else to do except rack my brain, so I need something to fiddle with. Um, now these And these are specifically from all the episodes we've done since the beginning of tw- – not, not all, most of the episodes we've done since the beginning of 2022, the ones that were most amenable to fun trivia-type questions. Okay. Sydney, I'm ready. I don't want to waste any more of your valuable throat time. I'm ready to <laughs> – to, that was a terrible phrase. I'll never say that again. Don't ever say that I'll again. Never say that again. Ever. I'm ready. Justin, question number one. Okay. What is the name of the shade of pink that will allegedly calm you down? Do you remember this episode? The shade of pink that will allegedly calm you down. We did an episode about how color can affect. Not just like your mood, but the way you actually behave. Mm-hmm. And specifically, there was one shade of pink that was thought to impact human behavior to such an extent that jail cells were painted this. There were rooms in psychiatric facilities painted this. There is famously a locker room for a visiting for a visiting team locker room that was painted this color. Oh yeah. Pink. pink. Yeah, but what it was co- pink? I said what shade of pink. It's a specific pink. Pink is too easy. It's a specific pink. Okay. The word chartreuse is in my head, and I don't know if it's— it's not that. Well, that's not really how trivia works. People don't say what they're thinking out loud, (laughs) and then the host is like, it's not that one. Try again. Chartreuse isn't pink. (laughs) It's like a greenish, right? Uh Yeah. It was named for the two dudes who first tried it out. Oh, it's named after two dudes? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was named for the two dudes who first tried it out. Briggs and Meyer. No. Can I tell you now? Cheech and Chong. Baker Miller. Baker Miller Pink. Baker right. Miller Pink. Those are the two who first gave it a go to see if it would work. Um, without telling the, the inventor of the color. Well, discoverer of the color. You know what I mean. Anyway, Baker Miller Pink. I, there's no evidence that it really calms you down. Okay. But people like it. That was a very hard one to start off with. I'm sorry. I thought it was an easy one. <laughs> Hachi machi. Okay. Uh-oh, okay. Number two. All right. So we know that the, in this past year, Lizzo played a crystal flute owned by James Madison. Yep. That was very cool. Very, very uh, neat moment from 2022. But what was the name of the weird instrument that people used to play? We talked about it on this show. That may have caused them to die. It didn't, probably, but uh-huh. it may have. Yes, that it did. Be, it almost certainly did not. No, it didn't. I can go ahead and say it didn't, but people thought it did. That would be the glass harmonica. And for bonus, who made it? Ben Franklin. Good job. That's two points. Woo! Yeah, the first one was just worth one. This one is worth two because it's a two-parter. Okay, wow. That's huge for me. That's huge. Ben Franklin's glass harmonica. If you've never heard anybody play one, you should look it up on... Uh, YouTube because it was uh, 
it's it's a really otherworldly is how I would describe it. It is a very haunting instrument, which I think is why they thought it was killing people. Somebody like died during a performance and somebody else passed out. They was they had these weird occurrences during certain performances that when people were playing the instrument. So almost certainly unrelated. Okay, number three. Okay. What patent medicine of sorts from the late 1800s got the following rave reviews? So these reviews are all about a specific product from the late 1800s in the family of patent medicines. Okay. Okay. Dr. Manson says that it, in all caps, does not cause nausea. Dr. Bradley found it useful for seasickness. Dr. Tremblay wrote, I have used the specimen prepared by you, and I must say that this is the best preparation from meat I have ever used. And Mr. Comgees wrote, I've tried it in a limited way, and it has given satisfaction. <laughs> what, was the, what was the medicine? <laughs> Enthusiasm of these. It's just such a different time we live in now. Um, I, honey, I, I... It does not cause nausea. Honey, I um I we, gave you a clue. Preparation for meat. It's meat meat pills. Oh man. So close. Valentine's meat juice. Valentine's meat juice. Ugh. Famously gave it to his ailing wife and saved her life. He just ground up meat. Ground up meat, gave her the meat juice, saved her life. Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. didn't probably, but he thought it did. Thought it did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Quite a few doctors tried the meat juice. (laughs) Number four. The substance that fell from the sky and either cured or caused disease was called what? Do you remember this episode? The substance that fell from the sky? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a gelatinous ooze that fell to the earth. We did an episode about this. It's been happening supposedly for centuries, but there were some more famous occurrences in more recent times that we covered in greater detail, like in the 70s. Okay, yeah. This was whale blubber, uh, was the gelatinous substance. I feel like judging from your face, it maybe wasn't whale blubber. Um, mm-hmm. um, adipose. To, and I should clarify, we don't know that it fell from the sky. Oh. That was what people assumed about it when jelly. they found it. Yeah. Jelly is half of it. What kind of jelly? Petroleum jelly. Starfish jelly. Star jelly. Yes. Star jelly. Yes. You got there. For bonus, so for an extra point, can you name literally any of the explanations we came up with for where, because this has happened lots of times through history. Meteorites. No. (laughs) Do you remember any of the reasons they thought where it may have come from? Um. No, honey, I did. I don't, honey. But you saw the loophole, <laughs> the the hoops. My brain had to jump. That that really felt like Inside Out. Where there's like a dude rustling around through the shelves. Like, I found a starfish. Is this anything? Is it like this? For some reason, I have starfish. Uh, we thought maybe it was frog innards. Oh God! Like that. That could be one of the one of the reason one of where these little gelatinous piles all over the town came from. Sometimes we think it's a mold. Sometimes we think it's an algae. There was a time where a battery processing plant maybe released some material that could have looked jelly-like. Um, so these are all possible explanations for times where people have found star jelly, and it was 
both blamed for causing people to become ill and used as medicine throughout history. Wow. Star jelly. Mm-hmm. All right. What claims got Cheerios sued by some cereal eaters and threatened by the FDA? The, the cereal lowers your cholesterol. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to give you that. I have the specific how much they claimed, but I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, it, it, I remember that advertising campaign. Mm-hmm. 4% in six weeks. Wow. Jim, that's so specific. It didn't have to be that specific. Well, that's that's really what the FDA took a lot of issue with was the specificity. And uh, do you remember specifically what the FDA said they were going to have to do if Cheerios didn't change it? Um, uh, uh, uh. Is this an additional point? Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to say treat it like a drug. Label it like a drug. That's correct. They're going to have to reclassify Cheerios as not a food, but a drug. I'm addicted to Cheerios. Does that count? <laughs> Specifically, oat and honey, the the uh, those, the um, the oat crunch variety. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That is good. a good one. That's, That's a, good a good one. one. Yeah. No, I like the Cheerios. Al- the almond one is good, too. It, uh, it did change its wording, if you notice. And that's why you see, we did a whole episode about that. That's why you see more vague claims like heart healthy. Sure. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. You know, you get it. This is healthy for your heart. It could just mean that it makes you like happy and full of joy and love. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Question number six. Yeah. Uh, Why does Tucker Carlson think men are ending? He did, that, a docu- he did a special— You know that there are probably like 30 different answers to this that I could <laughs> give you that would be 100% correct. It would require like a long biography of the winding road that has led him to this permutation of himself that would say why. The why is so mysterious. Why, Tucker? Why? Why, Tucker? Because they're not— what speci- we did an episode specifically on something that is true that is happening that Tucker Carlson feels is spelling the end of men, and he did like a special series is on the end of men. Lower testosterone levels in the population. That is correct. Oh. Our testosterone levels, on average, appear to be dropping, and he had a special fitness expert guest named Andrew McGovern on his show, and he told him how we could fix it. Do you remember? This is another two pointer. We could sun our balls. There you go. That's right. Testicle tanning. Testicle tanning. If you remember. Don't get it on your taint. That's a different treatment. The yeah. taint tanning is different the from the ball tanning. The taint tanning is different tanning. from, yes. No, the, if you remember, and I hope you didn't have to watch that end of men thing, um, but I did see a trailer for it, and there was a moment in the trailer where they have a triumphant looking man on top of a mountain I'm assuming fully nude. He, you can't see his genitals because, because it's cable and they don't have the guts. Because his genitals are being tanned, right? By a light, so there's a light cleverly placed. <laughs> it's instead it's of the from, fig leaf. Yeah, they have a, a sun lamp. Yeah, and he's like standing, like arms outstretched in triumph as he tans his testicles on top of a mountain outside. Which you gotta wonder if you're already outside <laughs> naked. Yeah, you got it. Why'd anyway. you spend all? Because it costs money. Um, I'm doing great. You're doing really well. Okay, question number seven. Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember Harry Bino, the Poison King? 
or Benno, Harry Benno, Harry, Harry Benno. Benno the Poison King, yeah. We did an episode about yep. him. Yep, remember Harry. Yeah, he discovered he could eat strychnine and live. Mm-hmm. He may not have actually eaten strychnine. That was up to some debate. But anyway, he ate strychnine and lived, so he made a career out of going around and eating things and not dying. Um, what stunt finally, sadly, spelled the end of Harry Benno the Poison King? What took it too far? He... Very relevant to us, Justin. Very relevant to us? Very relevant to us. He podcasted too hard, <laughs> and it killed him. <laughs> no. No, I don't remember. You don't remember what he did? No, 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 I don't. The stunt that took his life, he drilled a hole in his head. Oh, right. And he caused brain damage and succumbed to his injuries. Okay. You should have listened to Sawbones. should have listened to I do. A half of it. Well, he was alive long. He he died long before Sawbones. Oh, we got to him too late. I know. <clears throat> Once time travel is invented, we can will we'll save the life of Harry Benno, the Poison King. Um, question number eight: What pet was the unlikely vector of a monkeypox outbreak in the United States in two thousand three? Pig. Sorry, I said it with confidence in the hopes that you would be like, amazing. You just say the first thing that pops into your head. All the time. Okay. Uh, what pet was the unlikely vector of monkeypox? Mm-hmm. The, the, these these animals were housed with the animals that probably carried it initially, but then they were all kept in the same facility before they were distributed corgis, to pet stores. A bunch of corgis. It was not a bunch of corgis. Yeah. As far as you know, it wasn't a bunch of corgis. What would you, what's your version of the story? They were prairie dogs. Prairie dogs, which are not dogs. Mm. Okay. There's one family that got two. One prairie dog died of monkeypox, sadly, but the other prairie dog, Chuckles, lived. Great. How should I feel about that? <laughs> what you've just know. told me. <laughs> I don't know how to, ha- I don't know what emotions to form about these prairie dogs. I don't know. All right. We got to get through two more questions and then a break. Okay. Okay. Number nine, what is the theory I shared on our vomiting episode about why we vomit when we see someone else vomit? Do you remember that? We yes. did a whole episode about vomiting. and there's The theory this- is that it, someone else in your your group has ingested the same things as you. So the people in your proximity have also ingested these poisons. So evolutionarily, if we see someone else vomit, we're like, oh, God, I've eaten it too. There you go. I mean, I want it to be true. That's a fun. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. I don't think we have a lot of proof for sure that that's why, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Disgust is a very important feeling for us. It helps keep us alive. It's how we don't eat things that are, you know, rotten and, and whatnot. Yeah. And question number 10 before our break. What, and you weren't on this episode. This is the episode I did with Charlie. Oh. I hope you listened. Yeah, of course. What did the radium girls do in the factory that exposed them to radium? Um, what were they doing? They were making like ceramic pots, right? Like they were making pottery, ceramic stuff. No. You didn't listen to the episode me and your daughter made. I did listen to it. I'm not a big podcast guy. <laughs> you know what it was? I listened on 1.5 speed. You also so. didn't you also didn't watch the YouTube video that right that Charlie watched to uh initially. Where is that coming? There's something about plates and radiation, right? There's something I'm, I'm not making are you, that. Are up. you thinking of Fiesta? 
Maybe yes. We're, when well, they Fiesta plates don't have radiation now. They were but making bombs. They're making bombs. No, they weren't making the bombs. No, they weren't making bombs for the war. They were doing art. They were painting watch faces with radioactive paint. It would make them glow. Mm. And it was new. It was a new material. Nobody knew that it was well. Questionably, nobody knew it was dangerous. So the girls were responsible for painting the watches so that they would glow in the dark. And what they would do is lick the tip of the brush to bring it to a point every time they... And so that's how they... There was also a lot of... They may have put it in their hair and on their clothes and things because it made everything glow and nobody knew it was deadly. So, um, All right, we're going to take a break. But just to recap right now, I have an available 14 points. I am in possession of eight of them, which I feel okay about. <laughs> But pretty good I, about it. Yes. I'm only a little disappointed. Well, you should be used to that by now. <laughs> You've been married to me for quite some time. All right. Let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat, there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. 
Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. My fellow graduates, for 500 episodes, my podcast, The JV Club with Janet Varney, has gathered story after story of all the scandalous things we've done throughout our childhoods. Wait, what's happening? Stories like how Jamila Jamil survived a horrific house party and she was on crutches. This is great. Or how Hal Lublin learned a Shakespearean monologue in his pajamas. This is not the speech we approve. Without your love and life tragedies, there would be no podcast. In fact, I'll have an exclusive look at how Maggie Lawson's mom confronted her after a sneaky basement meetup with her crush. Spill the tea, JV. Security! Uh, uh, listen to the JV Club with Janet Varney Thursdays on Maximum Fun! Class of forever! Hey, I'm Ben. And I'm Adam. We host a show called Greatest Trek on Maximum Fun that covers all the new Star Trek shows, Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, Picard, Prodigy, Discovery, and any other new Star Trek show Paramount throws at us. Come find out why we're the most important Star Trek podcast on the internet with our funny, informative recaps of all the new Star Trek shows that Paramount keeps churning out. Subscribe to Greatest Trek. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. All right, Sid. Round two. All right, Justin, question 11. Can you name any two ingredients in the many variations of the Brompton cocktail? Brompton cocktail was a collection of substances put together specifically to ease someone's pain and suffering towards the end of life. There were many variations of it. There was the officially listed one, but then a lot of doctors kind of did their own thing. Opium. Okay. Cocaine. Hey, that's good. You could have said morphine. You could have said alcohol. You could have said chloroform. You could have said heroin. You could have said thorazine. You could have said sugar, and that would technically have been okay. That was actually my next guess Mm because that helps the medicine go down. Yeah. Should we give you two points for that? You need two. Yeah, two points. You can give me two points, but it's out of a two available points. Actually, you need two. You need to. Yeah, it's out of two. I said I needed two. Yeah, it's out of two. Okay. Okay. Uh, Number 12. British physician... Sir William Arbuthnot Lane in the early 1900s began to promote a theory that constipation was kind of like the central scourge of everything. Everyone has this battle, this lifelong battle with constipation, and it causes most of our health problems. And he had a saying. So you need to complete this saying. Okay. The whiter your bread... The sooner you're dead. Hey. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that is uh, not scientifically sound, I would guess. No, it is not. I don't think that's not. necessarily true. I think there's probably many other factors, but. No, there were there were a lot. This was from our episode on Metamucil, and there were a lot of people try, like sort of blaming. I mean, it. we can all agree it sucks to be constipated. It is a medical problem. It does need to be addressed. For sure. But constipation for a while became like the focus of if we could just fix this, 
everything else. That, right? If we could fix this one thing, everything, mm-hmm. if we could fix our gut health. Yes. Fix our- gut health is still a big, I would say that's still a big area where like there is truth and then there's lots and lots of fiction out there that all of your problems lie in your gut health. And if you just take a special supplement or cut a certain thing out of your diet, then it'll fix it all. It'll fix it. And I, I really, I think a lot of that is real dangerous too, because it gets tied up in a lot of um, unhealthy, like disordered eating habits we have and promotion of diet culture. And anyway, so uh, as I said, that was from our episode about Metamucil. And this is question number 13. I did that episode because there was someone, a famous figure, who told everybody to take Metamucil, who said it was a good idea that pretty much anybody would benefit from taking Metamucil. Oh, man. Who was it? He was seeking a sponsorship even, I believe, maybe in a joking way, from Metamucil. Oh, dang it. This. Who told everybody to take <sighs> Metamucil? Oh, man, this is really going to irritate me. It um, is really going to irritate you when I tell you who it is. Yeah. Oh man, I know it's I'm I know it's bad audio to listen to somebody try to come up with something like this, but it's also like Hank Green. Yep, <laughs> I was about to say he's gonna be mad if you don't remember. <laughs> oh Hank, Hank the Tank, Hank the Crank. You know that I wouldn't forget you, bud. Except for that moment of time when I did forget you. He just used one of your sounds on TikTok, and this is how you treat him. Yeah. All right. Question number fourteen. Which fast food chain? Although it was kind of kept quiet at the time, and it it actually took me a little bit to figure this out as I was researching the episode, was indeed responsible for the E. coli 0157H7 outbreak. So, bad burgers give people diarrhea in 1982. This is not the big one. That's going to be the the bonus question. So, I'll go ahead and tell you that. There was an outbreak in 1982 that was the first of these big, like, these fast food chain outbreaks. And then there was the very very well-publicized one in 1992 that most people remember and associate with a fast food chain. So we're looking for two different fast food chains. Okay. What was the initial one that was kept quiet? And what was the big one 10 years later that everybody heard about? Jack in the Box. Which one is that? The one everybody heard about. Yes. The one that was kept quiet. That was hard for me to figure out at first what fast food chain was responsible for it. McDonald's. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I think most people like when even when you hear the name Jack in the Box, we live in a part of the country where you there are no places to eat. There are no Jack in the Boxes. There here. are places to eat. No, I mean None of there are no Jack in the Box. There are no Jack in the Jacks Jacks in the Box or Jack in the Boxes. Jack in the Box. Jack Jack. Is in the it boxes. like Surgeons General or? I, that's a good one. I actually don't know. There there aren't none of that restaurant exists here. Um, but when I hear that. I have this vague association of like, wasn't there diarrhea sometime? And we don't have that with McDonald's. No, because they got better lawyers than Jack's in the boxes. I also think it probably, we may have talked about this on the episode. I think it reflects the time. We can't tell people because everyone will freak out if you think your fast food is infected. You know what I mean? There's a whole West Wing episode about it. Yeah, that's true. That was about Mad Cow, but yes. Same, same idea. Anyway, so that was two points. Um... Number 15, this, I mean, like, you should be able to get this because there's so many options for the answer. No pressure. Name literally anyone, anyone of failed Senate candidate draws <laughs> faith, fake health claims. Um, anyone of draws unfounded health claims. 
I should say unfounded. Some are completely fake. Some we just don't know what the heck he's saying. Green tea extract increasing your longevity. Ginkgo biloba for your memory. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he said, yeah, he has said those things. I think you're thinking green coffee. Green extract. coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, give me some other ones just because I already got this, but I always like hearing them. He made a homeopathic starter kit for people. <laughs> he told people to take hydroxychloroquine for COVID. Oh, yeah. He said that apple juice contained dangerous levels of arsenic. <laughs> Cell phones cause cancer. <laughs> Raspberry ketones are a number one miracle in a bottle to burn fat. Um, just, HCG is a weight loss solution as long as you only eat 1,200 calories a day along with it. Garcinia cambogia. Um, iridology, medical astrology, the list goes on. I just am so excited he lost. There, he you he know, almost I, made it to Senate. <laughs> I know, but I really needed the W, and I really, really liked that he lo- lost. It made me really happy. The night, that election night, of course, I was, I was discovering that I had lost, and the one thing that brought me the most comfort was Dr. Oz losing. It did. It was a real pick-me-up when we it, needed it the most. I, I needed to know that if I was losing, Draws was losing. You brought him down with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it was why I lost my, my aggressive. You spent too much time trying to bring down Dr. Oz. <laughs> and it, it lost me a lot of votes here in West Virginia. Yeah. A lot of support for Draws here in, okay. in Huntington. Okay. <laughs> um. Number 16, what discipline did the book titled, and this is just, I wanted to include this for this book title. You ready? Yep. Quinine and iodine changed the color of the iris. I formerly had blue eyes. They are now a greenish color with reddish spots. That's the title of the book in 1871, written by Niels Liljequist. What what discipline did that help develop? Do you need the title of the book again? Yeah, one more time. Quinine and iodine changed the color of the iris. I formerly had blue eyes. They are now a what greenish mean, color with discipline? reddish spots. Like what do we mean discipline? Um, uh, an area of pseudoscience, pseudomedicine that developed oh, out of this. Chromeopathy? Is that what it was called? Chrome, uh, chrome, what was it's, it? We're specifically focused on the eyes here. Oh. Um, Dr. Oz touted it too. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Iridology. Iridology. Okay. Yeah, you can read the iris and t- and tell about disease. Um, number seventeen is also related to that episode. In that episode that you're about at iridology, what happened to Hungarian physician Ignaz Pesley to inspire his foray into the field? He had a specific. There's like a it like with most of these. There's a story. Something happened, and he noticed a change. And that led him to explore the idea of Was iridology. Was it an injury? An eye injury? Not, no. Not to him. Um, I don't remember. I don't know. There was a bird involved. Mm-hmm. He, he accidentally broke an owl's leg. <laughs> <laughs> and after it healed, he noticed, he noticed that there was a spot in the iris that wasn't there before. And he thought that spot was indicative of a history of a broken leg and that maybe there were other things we could look in people's eyes and okay. find histories of. Okay, okay. I should have... Al, Al had a broken leg was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't find that one. Uh, question number 18. 
Anthroposophy. Remember we did a whole episode on that? Yeah. Gave rise to what set of private schools throughout the world? They're special school, and they're usually, although I always think of them as bougie, um, many listeners wrote in and said that they're not necessarily bougie. They are very specific, and, you know, you can think whatever you want about their certain styles of learning or whatever, but they do have, like, scholarships, so there are people who go Montessori? Not Montessori. Is it like that, though? Similar idea, like a special what is set it? of private schools throughout the world that have it? their own yeah, academic philosophy. Waldorf schools. Waldorf schools, yeah. And some listeners did point out, I was not bougie, but I attended one. So, Well, there you go. Or maybe, you know, you look around a table, you don't see the bougie person. Maybe it is <laughs> you. I don't know. I don't know your specific no, situation. There, there were bougie people who went, but I guess not everyone who has gone is bougie. Um. And if you are bougie and you're proud of it, that's fine, too. I don't really care. I only say bougie because my siblings do, and they're cooler than me. Uh, Question number 19. We're almost at the end. What was found on Blackbeard's ship that indicated a painful treatment for syphilis could take place there? They found a collection of these when they uncovered the wreckage of A metal tool. For what? What did you do with it? You clean out the pee hole. Oh, you're so close. I got it. A urethra spanner. A, a urethral spanner. No, not a spanner. A urethral needle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what are you gonna what are you gonna squirt in there? Mercury. Hey, you got it. Yes. That's right. A sur- many, many of these syringes that could be used for urethral administration of mercury. Okay. That was a common treatment for syphilis at the time. And question number twenty. Now you're not gonna know if you get this right for a long time. This wow, is this okay. is like a yeah, this is like an aspirational question. Okay. Um so so keep track of your answer. I don't know, write it down somewhere. Okay. And next year this time we'll find out if you're right. Okay. <laughs> okay. What will the big unexpected medical events be in 2023 <laughs> that we here at Sawbones will end up doing a lot more episodes about than we expect? We've had so many of those in the last few years. Did I ever think I would be doing episodes about not just monkeypox, but we did an episode called Monkeypox Update because that's how relevant monkeypox was in 2022. Oh, yeah, who was... saw that coming? No, nobody. I mean, obviously COVID was a big, but like who has seen the things that we have had to do episodes to cover? Who saw these things come? So that's why right. I'm, I'm giving you the chance to test your prognostic skills. Maybe you have a little bit of, I don't know, clairvoyance that you didn't know about. I don't know that I believe gonna, in that, but maybe you do, and maybe gonna, you have that. I'm going to go a little bit outside the bounds and say hepatitis X. <laughs> I A lot of people aren't talking about it because it's not real, but hepatitis X, I believe this is the year. 2023 will be the year of hepatitis X. The rare so? good hepatitis. It's a good one. Hepatitis X. Coming to a liver near you all right so that's your that's your so everybody can take some time with that when you got a whole year to find out if you're wrong or right that'll be for bonus that'll that's, be your, for that's bonus your points. bonus to hold on to the rest of them should add up to 25 i thought that was a nice neat yeah 
the rest of it. So out of 25 points, you can figure out your score. You can share it with us if you want. Yeah. Uh, 15 out of 25 was my final score. You know, I know you're not paying too much attention. So that actually makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> I am paying attention. I got a lot. Of, I have to come up with the jokes, too. It's a full-time job. Thank you so much for playing along with us. We've got a lot more for you this year. It's going to be another fun one. As always, we're so thrilled that you continue to hang out with us and join us. And we're also thankful the taxpayers for use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you for listening. That's going to do it for us for this week. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.